Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line by embracing behavioral economics. And now, here are your hosts, world-renowned thought leader on customer experience, Colin Shaw, and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. It is not often in life that you get the opportunity to reset things. And I think that this is one of those opportunities. The world has gone through a massive shock and it's very rare that you get the opportunity to reset things. And that's what we're encouraging people to think about. It's not move hard in the direction of of new digital transformation because that's what we've been forced to do and now we're used to it. It's focusing on the customer. I think at sort of a deeper, more psychological level, people really crave now face-to-face contact, you know, because that's been just missing for so long. So Ryan, I think, you know, we've been doing some work with one of our clients recently, and we'll be doing some um, research. And uh, there was an insight that struck me as we were doing this research. And I thought I'd share it with all the listeners about how do we start off in this wonderful new year of 2021? We all know 2020 was pretty poor, but what is 2021 and what should we be doing to plan for that? Does that make sense? So you you heard it here first, uh, folks. Colin Shaw is guaranteeing that there will be no problems in 2021. <laughs> Take it to the bank. He's signing a personal check on that one. Well, maybe no, not no problem. That's what I heard. Me. Check the tapes. With a bit of luck, no further pandemic. Let's also be very clear. <laughs> we're not out this one yet. By no, anyway. we're we're all hoping for a significantly better year. But that's kind of the point that I think you're going to want to get into is what does better look like in this new context or what will be different or how we're going to move forward. Yeah. And, and the key phrase for me is we're starting to see there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. So we know the vaccines are coming. We know the cavalry is coming around the corner. So what happens there basically is the, is the key part. But just before we get into the body of this, just wanted to say a couple of things to the listeners. Two things. One is we've changed the way we're doing the show notes now. The reason I tell you that is because we're going to try to put some useful links in the, in the show notes for you to click through to if, if that helps. We're also putting in timestamps. So if you're short of time and you're interested in a particular section, you're just going to be able to go to the, read the timestamp and go to that section rather than hear Ryan and I waffle on for hours. Or alternatively, if you want to go back and, and you're wondering what was that insightful point that Ryan made or, yeah. you know, what was yeah. Ryan talking about when he said this yeah. or... How can I hear more about Ryan? Like all those yeah. things will be in the timestamps that you can jump They, they will be. Yeah. And soon as I'm the final editor of this, this they definitely won't be. <laughs> <laughs> Man, just swinging that power around, aren't you, Colin? <laughs> Absolutely. I love power. The second thing that you'll see in the show notes is a link through to a survey. So we're trying to conduct a survey. The podcast has been going for a couple of years now. We've had incredible growth rates, which is great, but we're always looking to improve things. So if you can spend a few minutes going through a survey, we're offering a chance to win $100 gift tokens for people that take part in the survey. Literally going to take four minutes of your time because we've timed it. 
if you go to the show notes, click on where it says survey and just complete that, that would really help us as well. So now under the timestamp, it's just going to say five minutes wasting their time talking about nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And the next one will be 18 more minutes wasting their time. I'm starting to get paranoid about these show notes. (laughs) There's a lot of pressure on us. I'm, I'm not sure I like it. So let's get into this. So light at the end of the tunnel. So let me let me sort of lay out a bit more about what sort of struck me as I was looking at this customer feedback that we were getting from this client. And we were trying to interpret it and everything else. And, you know, obviously, we've been doing this survey during the pandemic. So unsurprisingly, customers were commenting on, on some of the good things that the organization was doing and some of the not so good things that the organization was doing. But it struck me that with the vaccines coming along, and this is the question that we pose this client is, so what are you going to do when everything gets back to normal? So let's assume that the bulk, from what I can hear at the moment, you know, the bulk of people will have got the vaccine by, I don't know, let's, June or July or something like that. What happens with the, your customer experience? Do you go back to how it was pre-pandemic? and effectively ignore everything that's happening in the pandemic that's happened in the pandemic or do you you know carry on the way that you're operating now during the pandemic or is there a hybrid of both and personally i think there's a hybrid of both but that's the issue does that make sense yeah no i i love it I, we hear a lot the phrase the new normal right like the Obviously, things are going to change. They're going to be different. And usually when people talk about that, it's very third person. So the new normal is something that will be imposed upon us, right? So society will have changed. The governments will have changed. The market will have changed. And then we're going to have to respond as organizations to the new normal. And I think the point that you're trying to make here, and it's a great one, is, yeah, the environment's going to change. But there's also the change that we are going to impose upon ourselves and that we are going to deliberately make. So how are you going to define the new normal within your organization for your customers? You actually, and and I'm sure you didn't do this on purpose, but you missed out an important constituent there, which was... Was it Colin Shaw? I I often block out that constituent. (laughs) No, no, it wasn't me. It was the customer. Yes, very good point. So the customer has changed yeah so a they've changed i think people have changed i know i have your priorities my priorities have changed you suddenly start to realize if you anybody listened to our sort of uh christmas edition at uh in between christmas and new year you know i talked about the fact that you just realized that actually family are definitely the most important thing and and to sort of prioritize those things i think at sort of a deeper more psychological level people really crave now face-to-face contact you know because that's been just missing for so long so let me give you two examples that maybe highlights the the challenge i always find it really useful put in extremes because you never go for one extreme or the other you typically come in the middle but one extreme you could go Customers have really been missing us. There's the real need for more face-to-face contact. 
Therefore, we're going to go back to how it was and we're going to maybe increase the amount of time that we see our we see customers, okay? You could go to the completely the opposite view, which is, you know what, everything's going digital now and because everything's going digital, we're, and again, I'm going to an extreme, we're not going to have account managers or salespeople. We're just going to go online. Our customers are used to doing digital now. That's kind of their yeah. new expectation. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and here's part of the rub, really, which is, yeah, God, think of the money we could save yeah. by doing no, that. Of course. You know? I don't think either case is the right way of doing it. And as I said, for me, there's typically you got the sort of the hybrid in the middle. But I guess the issue for me is people need to start thinking about this stuff now. If you're not thinking about it now, it's a problem because that light at the end of the tunnel hopefully will be getting brighter as, you know, as the next few months play on. I know we've got some really tough months coming ahead of us. But that light at the end of the tunnel will be getting brighter and you're going to have to start planning for it, basically. Yeah, there's an old joke about things are real dark and there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it turns out the light at the end of the tunnel is a train coming towards you. (laughs) And uh, and you're right, like now's the time to plan for this. The pandemic obviously caught everybody by surprise. This adjustment out of the pandemic, we actually do have a little bit of time to consider. And so are you considering, are you planning for that now? Yeah, so I'm sure people are going, oh, that's a good point. Well, hopefully they're saying that's a good point. So the next question people would ask it would be, well, what do we need to do then? <laughs> yeah. So let me go through what I think people should be doing, okay? And let me start off, and my apologies if people have heard this story from me before, but I think it's a, it's a good story. And that is the story of about... I don't know, six, seven years ago, we still had our milk delivered and our home in England. And I turned around to my wife and said, you know, do you think we should just go down to the grocery store effectively like everybody else? Because we can buy the milk a lot cheaper down there. And she said, no, no, no. She said, Kevin comes around on a Friday night, you know, and we have a bit of banter and I like Kevin coming around and, you know, I couldn't let him go and uh, all that stuff. So we carried on. Because the market declined so much Kevin left and got another job and I think effectively sold his milk round to another guy and this other guy clearly looked at it and went right yeah now the way I could save a bit of money here is I could stop calling round and ask them I'll put a receipt underneath the milk bottle and I'll ask them to leave a check in a safe place and that that's going to work a lot better which from an efficiency perspective absolutely does But after four weeks, as you all know, because you're pretty bored, no doubt, Ryan, because um, you've heard this story from me before. (laughs) After four weeks, we decided to go down to the local grocery store because the key activity, which was effectively where the value was being produced, was in that interaction on a Friday night when they came to collect the check, yeah, or when Kevin came to come round. So I think the key issue for me, when you start to go, well, what do we do? You need to go back and go, well, hold on, pre-pandemic, what was driving value for us? Do we know what it was driving value for us and what interactions drive value? And again, if you put it in the digital space, which part of the experience physically or digitally drove most value? The second part of that then is, is that the same now or has it changed And this is implying 
clearly you need to do research with customers, which I think is is pretty fundamental. I mean, I, it's a great story and there's a reason that it keeps coming up in the podcast and I'm in no position to complain about it. I've requested that story from you on a couple of occasions as we've done the podcast because it is such a great example of a surprising source of value that someone could easily overlook. The assumed source of value for milk delivery is the milk, right? The milk is fresher or tastes better or whatever it is. In point of fact, it was the customer experience that at least for you and your family was what was driving that experience. So if you don't understand what value your customers are getting out of your offering, if you don't understand what customers consider to be the differentiators between your offerings and others, then in the process of seeking efficiency or of digital transformation or of anything else, you might accidentally end up destroying the value. So what do you do about that? Well, you find out, make sure you know what that source of value is so you can maximize it. Yeah, no, absolutely. So let me be clear. I absolutely believe there are many things that an organization can do to digitize and continue that change that we've all seen in the digital space. Yes, this is not an anti-efficiency story. This no, is a absolutely customer not. Customer value no. story. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It, it, so for me, I'm building on that because that's a good way of looking at it. It's a story of understanding and appreciating that your customers have changed. Yes. Through their personal experiences, i.e., you know what's happened up at home and everything else, but also through, in fact. I was listening the other day to another podcast and they were talking about healthcare. And in this podcast, they were talking about the fact that telemedicine has obviously gone now in leaps and bounds. This is where your doctor dresses up as a Teletubby. Because <laughs> I got to say, that freaks me out a little bit. I'm not. <laughs> that's, that's a bridge too far. Yes. No, not, not a Teletubby. Oh. If I think about, so we've had a, um, my wife's had a problem with her back. And we've had consultations with consultants over Zoom, which we have never done a year ago. And it's been fine. And I guess the issue is that obviously we know that the pandemic has pushed things on, but it now makes you go, yeah, you know what? I'm quite happy to do a consultation over, over Zoom or meet with a client over Zoom. And you know what? I mean, even, even down to some of our stuff, we obviously when we do work with our clients, we were typically doing it in the traditional way of, you know, running workshops. Mm -hmm. And we've obviously gone, well, actually you can't run workshops if, if we're in lockdown and then people can't do workshops. So we've put our workshops on online. And again, if I'm honest, I've been surprised how well they've gone. And now we've had to make changes. So we, whereas before it would have been a day with a client, with people coming in from different parts of the country or even the world, we've now gone, okay, well, actually, you can't spend a day on Zoom. You know, that's a bit of a challenge. So we've broken it into three or four bits. But the advantages have been that we can start off and say, so we've broken it into two-hour chunks. In the first two hours, okay, here's the task. Now you go away and do that task as part of the workshop and we'll come back the day after tomorrow and see how you've got on with that with the technology you can jump in and out of different breakout rooms and everything else so from a plus point of view we've got a lot more people involved ironically because you haven't got travel restrictions so that means we tend to deal with large corporates so you you can get people from around the world dialing in to take part of it 
you've obviously got all of the cost savings of not having people travel, et cetera, et cetera. Having said that, there are some advantages to actually having things face-to-face. I think personally, where we will, we will be, just as an illustrative point, I think we'll carry on doing a lot of those things, but there will maybe sometimes that we need to supplement it with a face-to-face. What is your digital or physical experience like from a customer perspective? What should you change? How do you compare against your competition? Whether you're a small, medium or large size organization, why not let me or one of the team review your digital or physical experience by undertaking what we call an experience health check. In this short and affordable engagement, we will act as a customer. And if that's not practical, we will talk to your customers and we will assess your experience against best practice. We will then provide you with a series of actionable recommendations for change. If you're interested in finding out more, just go to beyondphilosophy.com backslash health check. That's beyondphilosophy.com backslash health check. I think that's exactly what people should be coming away with this for, right? So we've got, just in the anecdotes that we've told, We've got examples where you can improve efficiency and make changes and end up destroying value. We've got examples where you make the changes and it makes things more efficient and it works out just fine. And in some cases, even better. And then instances in between. And that's what we're encouraging people to think about. It's not move hard in the direction of of new digital transformation because that's what we've been forced to do and now we're used to it. It's focusing on the customer, even within the telemedicine space. We've also had our doctor's appointments moved online, a lot of them. Some of that works great. And for certain types of doctor appointments, it's not good. <laughs> and it, it's not good. in the education space. You know, we've also moved everything online. And the response has been very negative. Like students hate it. We professors hate it. There's just some types of instruction that don't. I'm painting with too large a brush. There's certain types of education that moved online that have gone very well. And you mentioned the breakout rooms on Zoom. There are certain types of education where that's a real advantage and facilitating these small group discussions can actually work better online than it has. There's other types of discussions and education that work terribly. So again, the the goal should be to re-examine everything. Think about the pandemic as giving you forced access to a lot of new tools that maybe you wouldn't have been familiar with before, your customers wouldn't have been familiar with before. And so now you've just got a larger set of options. There's what we've been forced to do recently. There's what we used to do before. There's new things we can do now that we know how to do both. Be deliberate about it and step back and say, what what does my customer need? And what can I pick and choose from among all these options to maximize that value? I think just building on that, so I think you're totally right. The way I would encourage people to look at it, here we are, you know, first week of January 2021, and I'd be going, it's a new dawn, yeah? It is not often in life that you get the opportunity to reset things. Mm. And I think that this is one of those opportunities to, you know, we've clearly, the world has gone through a massive shock yeah and it's very rare that you get the opportunity to reset things so part of that for me is absolutely about doing research understanding your customers 
embracing both sides of that sort of the more physical experience and digital experience, putting them together. But the other part of it is that I would I would really encourage people to do, and, and hopefully I'm preaching to the converted because people will only be listening to this podcast if they're into behavioral science stuff, is start to use those things to help with that. So I think it's the next week's episode. We've got a podcast on what we've called digital nudging, which is effectively building that behavioral science stuff into the digital environment. Um, but you know that for me is part of the once you've once you've understood what that experience likes, what drives value. Now you're into the design of well, how do we physically go about it? And there's not many opportunities that people get to reset things. It's a great point. I think that we often find ourselves in the position of responding to things and kind of dealing with things immediately in one off. And it's always great to take a step back and try to be more strategic and deliberative about something. And, and I agree. I think that now is a point of transition where we, it's kind of too early to act immediately on some of these things as vaccine is just rolling out and as pandemic is, is still very much a concern. But we know it's coming. <laughs> we, we can anticipate where things will be in six months, eight months, a year. And now's the time to, to really think strategically about that. So just out of interest, because I've, I've never really thought about this before, but from an educational perspective then, have you noticed a difference with, I'm thinking, as you were talking, I was thinking to myself, yeah, when I was back at school, I was sitting there with my mates. Um, we were larking and joking about, which clearly you can't do now because of the, everybody because joking online. has been outlawed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we know about it. It's, it's all about timing. And sometimes getting the digital timing is, is a challenge. Oh, believe me. I know. <laughs> but I was uh, the question I was trying to get to was: Have you noticed any difference in because people are more insular and they're not sort of walking in, chatting about things, walking outside, chat? You know, I guess it's the equivalent of what I'm talking about is the equivalent of the water cooler conversation that people talk about. Have you noticed any difference in that? Has it, has it improved people or did, has it detracted? No, it's been it's been a real problem. So. I teach primarily in MBA programs and MBA programs are set up to be very social. People are assigned to a cohort. They're assigned to, to these teams. They, uh, they tend to have, you know, be built around kind of social activities because networking is a big part of MBA school and, and a lot of the advantage that people get. We have not been successful in replicating that in a mostly online environment. It's been a real shame. We've obviously done what we can. But yeah, and I think it's a problem too for businesses that go online. You're right, the water cooler chats don't happen if people are online. And I've, I've heard of businesses who have tried to address that by kind of having these quasi-mandatory, just like non-business hangout sessions online. Yeah. But again, it it tends to be somewhat artificial and you do kind of always feel like you're being monitored if you're talking on a computer. So, you know, it, it's a problem. And again, it goes back to this fundamental understanding. What is the value that people are getting out of an education? Well, obviously it's the information and that can be delivered in a lot of, in, of ways, but there's also these, these kind of indirect benefits, including socialization and networking and all these, these other things that are more difficult when we switch the medium of the education. So, you know, let's take what works and from each of these things and try to create something better, I guess. Because it's really, when you think about it, 
what you're actually articulating is the milkman story. Yeah, yeah, very much, very much. You're expecting to get an education. You're expecting to get the information. But actually, a lot of value comes in just being able to network with people and talk with people and chew things over rather than just get the information information there, I guess. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, like I said, there's a reason we keep coming back to that story, and it's because it, it highlights a fundamental principle, which is that you need to know what's driving the value for your customers because sometimes it's not what you think it is or it's not what people would anticipate it to be. And people have heard me say this before, but I'm going to say it again. And it's not just what you think it is. Sometimes customers will tell you that this is the most important thing and it's not. So what people say and what people do are two different things. What people say they're going to buy and what they actually buy or the reason they buy it may not be the same. So you have to get under the skin. Let's get into recommended actions. Let me just carry on talking, if I may. So for me, recommended actions are, first of all, if you're not thinking about it, you should be, yeah? So start thinking about what is that experience going to be like? And for me, it will be a bit from the past and a bit from the future. But what those bits are, you got to find out by talking to your customers and getting under the skin of that. And absolutely, lots more stuff will be more digital, but just make sure it's the right bits and make sure that you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater and be proactive. You've got to start designing that now because the uh, next key question is, we talked about the light at the end of the tunnel. Well, when's the full lights going to be on from a sort of a customer perspective? When, when are you going to be actually back to normal? And therefore, you've got to plan for those things. So that's what I would say from a, what you should do. What about you, Ryan? Uh, no, uh, that sounds very good, right? If, if, the key to unlocking all of these problems is understanding what your customer wants, then that's where you need to start for me, right? So you get a handle and recognize that it's, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, what they want and what they need is almost certainly changed uh, over the last year. It's not enough to just have a real good handle on, on what it was before the pandemic. You now need to know what it is post-pandemic. Absolutely, absolutely. So hope that's been of use to you. As I said at the top of the show, please check out the new show notes. Each time we're going to try to put some links in there that may that may help you. One of the links that we put in there is the survey. It'd be great to really hear from our listeners. And if you've got any suggestions on what we should do to change, that would be really good as well. So thanks very much for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you next week. Cheers. This has been The Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast. And we'll talk with you next time on The Intuitive Customer.